This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One of the big questions is, what is money? For practical purposes, it exists in a series of uh, heterogeneous databases, very different databases. Do you believe in crypto? Digital currency may be an answer. But it is a highly speculative asset. I do own Bitcoin. There is no second best. Welcome to the Crypto Curious Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Bamboo app. Crypto Curious is your go-to source for all things cryptocurrency. Whether you're a seasoned pro or new to the world of crypto, we've got you covered. Each week, we'll break down the top news stories of the past seven days, giving you the information you need to stay on top of the latest trends and developments. Plus, we'll share quick bites of news and insights that you won't want to miss. If you're new to crypto, we recommend starting with our early episodes where we break down the basics and give you a solid foundation to understand the crypto world. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of cryptocurrency and educate ourselves along the way. On today's episode, we discuss the big news this week, which was the record-breaking $4.3 billion fine for Binance USA and a Kraken Next an update from the Bitcoin Spot ETF outlook, as well as road testing a lending platform here in Australia. My name's Tracy, and I'm bringing you the crypto news this week with my pals, Blake and Craig. Hey, guys. How are you going? Fantastic, Trace. Good to be back after a break last week. You were taking the, the main show. Yeah, we did play the Michael Saylor uh, interview, which seems to have polled very well with listeners. So hope you enjoyed that one, folks. Craig, how you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you for bringing me into the podcast. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, last no week was a great episode. Michael Saylor, um, very articulate, very bullish. But you know, we have two weeks of news to catch up on now. But yeah, let's do. get stuck in. We do, and the biggest news story that's dominated the headlines, undoubtedly, Binance CEO Zheng Pen Zhao, or CZ as we know him, has agreed to step down and plead guilty to criminal and civil charges against him and Binance as part of a $4.3 billion settlement. Now, this is the biggest in US Treasury history. The charges were focused on, yeah, it is. The charges were focused on money laundering and lack of proper compliance. Binance then appointed Richard Ten as its new CEO. So this was a huge story, wasn't it, boys? Yeah, this was took all the news a few, I think about a week ago now. And I find it crazy that, you know, despite this fine that he's paying, he still could potentially face jail time. He is getting, he has a sentencing in February with the mm. DOJ. So, um, this isn't over yet and it's, you know, it could drag on potentially like the SPF story. But, um, you know, I think, I think it's sort of the optics around what's happened is a bit different though. I think, you know, the DOJ even admitted that Binance were not commingling 
customer funds, but the issue seemed to be around which users they allowed to use different platforms, like the exchange, the derivatives, or was, you know, reports that they had. I'm interested to hear your take on all this, Blake. Yeah, when you have hundreds of millions of users, it's very hard to manage this. You know, people are going to slip through the gaps. I know, you know, as a business onboarding with Binance Australia, they had the most strict onboarding process that I've come across from any of the global exchanges like Coinbase and Kraken and, and even local exchanges showing that they do hold compliance at, in a very high regard. I think what the challenge is that they're so big and they're across so many jurisdictions, people are going to slip through the gaps um, and use the platform for things like scams and money laundering using just moving funds through the platform, mm. um, which is a big challenge for a business that size. They only started in, what was it, 2018? I think it was 2018, yeah. So, you know, they're the biggest cryptocurrency exchange in the world and they grew faster than anybody else. They certainly um, did grow fast if that was 2018. Wow. Mm. So a little bit more on the story. See, he himself was um, charged, what was it, $50 million also as part of those charges. Then he he had those criminal charges brought up against him personally and was let off on 170. $5,000 of bail, correct? Correct. Mm. And now we've just been told that he needs to, and this is an update as of today, that he has to remain in the US um, until these charges uh, are brought up in court, which you've just said is in February. I I doubt that he will, you know, end up having to do jail time. Uh, I think that, you know, it's just that it's not that type of crime. Um, where it was predatory or, or there was malintent there, um, but they have um, broken some laws and they're just so big. There's a little bit of an agenda here, I think, from US regulators that you know Binance was Chinese founded uh, and they have such a big, mar- they had such a big market share in the US. I feel as though that you know the traditional finance firms are and together with the regulators, would love to push Binance out of the market for a few years um, so that they could take that market share uh, and then you know, allow them to come back uh, in due course um, once you know the incumbents have, have taken cornered the market, essentially, or taken the market. So, Blake, you did a bit of a background check on Richard Teng. What else did you find out? I know he's strong in compliance. Yeah, that's right. He's worked um, with financial regulators in Singapore for the uh, Singaporean Monetary Authority. But what's really interesting is that he studied right here in yeah. Western Australia <laughs> at the University of Western Australia. So, is, is he Aussie? He's no, Aussie, is no, he? he's not Singaporean, Aussie. but he. Um, you know, studied here, which many Singaporeans do, I think is a great attribute of, of Perth, Western Australia, um, where, where you know, it's quicker to get to Singapore than it is to Sydney almost. So, uh, yeah, so it's great to have um, someone coming in with that sort of pedigree, uh, working in that, um, you know, compliance and regulatory space in Southeast Asia. And I think um, he's going to lead the company um, to be a great success. Yeah, and look, to round it out, although it's been evident for some time that there were some questionable activities going on at Binance with and you know with CV CZ, sorry, he has accepted responsibility pretty well here. I thought he's been really upfront with it, so that is unlike SBF where he was denying it. This is a bit. Different. It's completely CZ's, different. CZ's admission of his errors and his acceptance of responsibility is something that's noteworthy. Um, and I think, you know, they've taken this this on the chin a little bit because, you know, dealing with the press and, and the, the Department of 
justice uh, in the US is just a big distraction for a business. You know, they want to be focusing on building products, you know, delivering great, great user experience to their customers globally, mm-hmm. and they're going to be scaling. Um, you know, substantially in the next bull run, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want to be, you know, focused on that instead of fighting um, legal battles. So uh, if they can move on and and focus on their core business, then um, good on them. Yeah, exactly. And let's leave it there and move on to our next story. Carrying on from that and this crackdown by the SECs in general, their attention has been on Kraken also, Craig, hasn't it? Yeah, so Kraken are now in the firing line from the SEC this week. The SEC has accused them of commingling customer and corporate funds while operating as an unregistered broker. Mm. So it seems the SEC is trying to get all this uncertainty out of the market before a potential ETF. Possibly. But we know Kraken has proven themselves as much more credible than other companies such as FTX on a number of occasions. Uh, And they've said that they will defend themselves in court on this one. But it's hard to believe that the SEC would go after them without some kind of hard evidence, Blake? Mm, well, they have an audit an audit that's been done by a third party uh, and it shows that there could have been like a few million dollars that were commingled, but this is on the basis of like $43 billion moving through their accounts. Right, okay. Um, so it's a very They're clutching small, at straws. Yeah, they're clutching yep. at straws. They're okay. trying to make a case and make an example out of them. They're trying to flex their muscle here. Uh, you know, Kraken has notoriously done like a... Um, a proof of solvency type of product since like 2015, I remember seeing it, or 2016, um, where you you can publicly verify the assets on in their wallets, um, which is on their website. It's a really cool product, uh, and you know they've they've been a good actor in the ecosystem uh, since day one. Mm-hmm. Since I think you know they're they're one of the oldest exchanges that are still operating. Um, so yeah, no, I think this is. Uh, yeah, I just can't believe the SEC are going after them here. <laughs> yeah, so as we said, Kraken are fighting back. They said in a blog, a blog post that the SEC famously argues that digital asset trading platforms like Kraken can simply come in and register with the agencies. But as most security law experts know, there is not a single law on the book supporting this position. So again, they're saying that the stance of the SEC is unclear and yeah, they're going to fight back. Yeah. yeah, and this is what Coinbase has been saying the whole way along. You know, they they go over and above to comply, um, but mm. still can't figure out a way to comply yep. with the SEC. Um, so, you know, this is um, some sort of weird game that they're playing at. Well, only time will tell how that one plays out and we'll keep an eye on it. Time to look where we're at with the spot Bitcoin ETF. The ongoing anticipation over the potential of this ETF approval in the US has pushed crypto funds inflow from institutional investors to over $1.5 billion so far this year, which is huge, Craig. It's massive. Yeah, massive. We know there's been a lot of meetings going on. And the Grayscale Suits met with the SEC to discuss a rule change to list the Grayscale Bitcoin Trust. It's my understanding that they have a futures yeah, they product want, they want out to convert now, it. correct? Mm-hmm. But they want to convert to a spot ETF. Mm-hmm. Um, and November 20, SEC memo disclosed that the Grayscale CEO and a few other executives all met with the SEC's Division of Trading and Markets. So... A lot of meetings happening with very important people. We know that just the week before that BlackRock also had a similar type of meeting with the SEC and no doubt the others are all getting their ducks in a row. Blake, in our chat during the week, you posted um, 
a chart that explained the deadlines of the dates. Do you want to explain a little bit about where we're at and maybe some repercussions of those dates? Yeah, there's about eight different applications like we've discussed uh, previously, but it looks like that the final deadline for a lot of these applications for their approval lines up with about mid-March uh, 2024 next year, uh, which I think is uh, incredible timing to line up, <laughs> line up exactly with the halving. We want these compounding factors. Yeah, obviously this is this is good for market activity uh, as we move into 2024. Yeah, awesome. very good for market activity. Absolutely. So that's where we're at. We're still going to wait and see. Who knows? Could be approved tomorrow, as far as we know. But uh, well, could it? Well, it could be because, uh, like I was saying... Yeah, we're past the first deadline. Yeah. The second deadline is coming up in December. The third deadline is in January and the final deadline is in March. So this could catch everybody offside and just approve randomly. No, I think that, you know, they'll They'll be drag saying, it out, won't yeah, they? They'll yeah. drag it out, but... Mm. You know, that's not such a bad thing, I don't think, for this market. This is actually a really good little um, visual here of everybody, the company, the dates and the filings. And I'll put that in the um, Crypto Curious Facebook group for anyone that wants to have a little look at that also. Let's move on now. And we're going to do something a little different this week and look at a product review. This is CFI at work here, an Aussie product by Block Earner. Blake, you recently downloaded and used this product for the first time. You want to share with us your experience and thoughts? Yeah, Blockerner have just recently launched a crypto loan product, which basically means you can deposit your crypto and borrow against it um, to fund you know, holidays over the Christmas season or buying gifts or buying a new car or even putting a deposit on a house. And this is really handy because you might not want to sell your crypto, you believe in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one wants to know, part with their crypto, yeah. Every time you know, I sell a bit of Bitcoin or Ethereum, a, a little piece of me dies <laughs> on the inside. Uh, but, you know, sometimes you have to. And this gives people another alternative um, instead of just selling their their assets or their investments um, when they need a bit of cash. So, yeah, we all know the, the cost of living is increasing as well and people are selling, we see it every day on the Bamboo app, people are selling their crypto to fund, mm. fund the, the you know, increased interest rates or, or whatever. Uh, and this gives people another option. So, yeah, it took me, you know, a few minutes to sign up on their website mm-hmm. uh, and apply for the loan um, just against a, a couple of Ethereum. And then uh, it, within 24 hours, I received the cash into my bank account. If you have $100, you can borrow up to $33. That was my next yeah, question. So, so it's what's fully, okay. fully collateralised. Okay. Uh, you know, they're trying to really build a regulated version of decentralized finance, like how you would generally take a loan on Aave or Compound or or, or a platform like this, one of these DeFi money markets. Now, you know, there's a couple challenges with using those products. Firstly, you know, you have to buy, you have to do, buy your crypto or buy your USDC, use MetaMask, transfer it mm-hmm. across to fees know, along diff, the way. Diff, fees every trend. Yep. There's, I yep. think there's six yep. steps: three with all deposit, the fees. Th- yeah, three yep. with deposit and three with withdrawal. Uh, there's six steps, all with fees, which can be substantial. You know, compounding a, fees. In a, yeah, in a bull market, uh, and it can take time, and it's people can easily mess it up. As well, mm-hmm. so using a regulated product here in Australia, I think is going to be great for many people, uh, and uh, ho- hopefully um, save people a little bit of cash and feel more comfortable with using products like this. And you know what's really a big challenge in this market is 
using you know the backbone of DeFi, to, um, but wrapping it in like a regulated product. Mm-hmm. And I think overall, um, you know, the guys over at uh, at Blockin have done a, a great job in creating a smooth user experience, so it doesn't feel too clunky. Okay. Yeah. So, what was the most you can borrow? Uh, you can borrow thirty three percent of of what however much crypto you have yeah so you're fully collateralized if you have your hundred dollars in bitcoin you can borrow up to 33 dollars uh for and then you can use that how you like wow and can you get on a big sell-off can you get liquidated yeah that's right there there are uh things in place to make sure that you there's no flash crashes or you're not wiped out straight away if there is a, a substantial um your drop in the crypto prices, it'll give you some time to you know, refill your loan-to-value ratio. What about if it goes the other way? So you see, you know, a big 30% pump over the period of your loan and that's, your loan's paid off? Yeah, or? that's right. Exactly. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, the idea is that, you know, the crypto, um, the it, it costs you about you know, 6% per annum to take the loan on, on funds borrowed, plus at a 1% origination fee. And... You know, if crypto goes up more than 6% in the next 12 months, then, you know, it's just, you know, basically it nets off the cost of that loan. Uh, and then you But you have to sell the asset, which mm. creates the taxable event, which is what you want to avoid by using the product, right? Well, yeah. So say you do want to sell some crypto uh, for your holiday over the Christmas season or to buy some gifts for your family, uh, then that would be a taxable event. But if you borrowed against a crypto, then that... Uh, keep your crypto yeah, yeah, and it's then not not a taxable event but interesting of course um get uh, accounting advice on that one for your individual circumstances mm, obviously that's really interesting things like this are going to become increasingly popular i think i think so as well Especially at that six percent you mentioned well they're the <laughs> first ones to market that i know of i know celsius were talk would go we're doing it at one stage but we obviously saw how that went mm. yeah no it's a great it. job it's great to see in the australian market i think it's going to Growing popularity. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well, what we'll do is uh, we'll leave a link in the show notes below who, for anyone who's interested in going down this path or learning a bit more uh, about this product from Block Earner. Okay, folks, it's time. We do have a mover and shaker for this week. Everyone loves a crypto punk. And when we see one, we'll feature that for you, a crypto token or project that's gathering attention and popularity in the market. We'll share the reasons why it's on the rise and what utility or value it might hold. This week, we are looking at Sidus. This one has rose. This week, it has moved 107%. I know. The monthly, it's actually up 789%, Craig. Sounds like we're a month too late, Craig. You want to tell us a little bit more about what this is? Tracy, I will give a bit of an overview on this one. Um, Citus is a space-based gaming metaverse. It seems to be one of those projects that raised in the 2021-2022 bull market and now seems to be executing on their plan. It is down 15% today, so it is extremely volatile. I know you mentioned, Trace, it's up almost 800% on the month. But essentially, the reason for the recent performance is that they have actually burnt 25% of their token, which obviously creates a reduction in supply. The video game is something that we've seen before, the play-to-earn model, which grants players ownership rights over their in-game items. We've seen this a few times, and I don't think anyone's nailed it yet. We've had a lot of peaks, a lot of troughs with Axie, the step game. They're all play-to-earn games, Mm -hmm. but regardless of that, the 
the project itself, um, if you go on the website, we'll put it in the show notes, has pretty cool graphics, um, a very engaged community, and um, there is a potential that these tokenomics could boost player numbers. The YouTubers are all talking about this, which could also be a bit of a red flag uh, that doesn't tend to go well when every, all the YouTubers are pumping at the same time. But interesting nonetheless um, that the tokens performed very well and an interesting narrative that, you know, these metaverse games that have raised a lot are now actually coming to coming live apps. I think this so, I think this really exemplifies the four year cycle. You know, what we see is that, you know, in a in a bull run, these projects will raise large sums of capital, it would take them three years to get a product to market. Mm-hmm just in time for the next bull run uh, to create more value in the ecosystem. And yeah, obviously this is very volatile. We haven't seen anyone really nail the play to earn in a sustainable way. Um, So I don't know about you, Trace and Craig, but it'd be great to get a tokenomics expert in here Mm. to kind of break down some of these dynamics because it is such an interesting model. Um, I'd love to learn more about it. It's a really good idea. I think with that, we'll leave it there, take a break, and when we come back, our short, sharp news bites. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back. You're listening to the Crypto Curious Podcast. I want to take a moment before we do our short, sharp news bites and ask you, our listener, if you could spare a moment to write a review for us. If you're enjoying the show, then Give us a little review wherever you're listening to us now. Don't just press the star and give us a five because I'm sure that's what you're going to do. But take a moment, write a review. It means a lot and it really does boost our rankings and do all the wonderful things that we need. So that'd be great. Thanks, folks. Now, on with the news. A director at Netflix, Carl Eric. Rinch. 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 Reportedly used nearly 11 million of his Netflix show's budget to gamble with stocks and crypto and made millions on a single Dogecoin bet. He reportedly used 4 million of the sci fi series Conquest show's budget to bet on Dogecoin and made $27 million. This is Dobbin Adijan, I think. This is Dobbin Adijan right here. But I was trying to work out. So now he wants another $14 million from Netflix. But according according to Netflix. To what? To make the show or to gamble more? I couldn't work. No, that surely out. to make a show. They're this not. Is, fun, they're not funding gambling. According to the New York Times, um, yeah, because he hasn't even made the show yet. So Netflix are whinging because they're like, "We gave you the money to make the show. You went and gambled, and you haven't even made the show yet." Yeah. Anyway, could be a movie here. Sounds like the plot of a movie yeah. to me. All right. What's up next? 
All right, Atomic Wallet, um, which is a, it's a massive crypto wallet based out of Estonia, has requested to throw out a lawsuit that's been brought against them uh, in the US for $100 million that was hacked mm. um, after saying, uh, you know, they have no uh, company ties to the US. The Estonian-based company um, behind the Atomic Wallet has uh, reportedly filed a motion to dismiss the court action, um, based uh, which is seeking damages for about a hundred million US dollars. Um, but uh, this affected about five and a half thousand people, and um, it was in their terms and conditions that if they were hacked, they weren't liable. You know, which is uh, I think it almost in every. Um, crypto terms and conditions because it's still um, very early. So uh, I'm, I'm be surprised if you know this. Um, Will they get around it? Yeah, like I think I think it's hard to, to pin them down on this one. Um, mm. You know, obviously they weren't stealing the money; they you know were, were sincerely hacked. So I think it'll be hard to, to sue them for a hundred mil. Mm. Just be careful with T's and C's, folks. Yeah, so a Bitcoin user has set a new record by accidentally paying a transfer fee of over 3.1 million US dollars. That hurts. Notably, this is actually six times the record of 500k, which was paid in September. (laughs) Bitcoin Explorer Mempool, the user made the transaction paying 85.65 Bitcoin to transfer 55 (laughs) Bitcoin. (laughs) Um, so <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. Just, it is. Um, he's clearly made a mistake. Um, the Bitcoin miner Ant Pool was rewarded for mining the block. So not only they received the six point two five, but they received, um, you know, the difference between what's that? Almost thirty Bitcoin in mining oh. rewards. Oh, um, Now there is speculation that Ant Pool will do the honest thing and return back to the user, but we are not sure if that's happened yet. Ample have heaps of cash. They're one of the OG crypto miners. You know, uh, they may or may not give it back. They might be. um, You know what? It would be a really good PR piece if they did. Yeah. Wouldn't it? Probably would be, actually. It would be a really good PR piece. But I'd like to know how much money is in that wallet of the guy that lost it. Mm. They might look at it and he might have heaps in there and they're like... Yeah. He's got another 20,000 Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. All right. What's up next? Magic Eden has launched a cross-chain NFT and crypto wallet for Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana and Polygon. It sees a future in crypto spanning multiple blockchains and is launching its crypto wallet browser extension in a closed beta to support that aim. It is a firm firmly behind the NFT marketplace and announced on Monday. Great. NFTs are back. The marketplace's crypto wallet is launching for the Google Chrome browser first, but a Safari browser version and mobile app are also in the works. The mobile app could come into fruition as soon as um, early 2024. So that's exciting stuff for those guys. This is a great idea. You know, you don't want to have three or four different wallets. Exactly. Holding it's a great your, idea. Holding all your Finally. NFTs. You want it in one yep. place. Yep. That's a great idea. I think it's a, it's a are big... people still buying NFTs? <laughs> Please. Come on, mate. Oh, actually, that's big news here. NFTs aren't dead because Blake Cassidy, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> rang me about a frog NFT a few weeks ago. He's like, Oi, I literally got a this message a from Blake just saying, hey, I go, hey, he goes, Michael, all in on frog NFT. I go, what? And he never, he never messaged me oh, back. No. He just... 
What happened? What, we should Blake, have led can you that talk, story, talk to the, the crypto curious audience about this project? Well, you know, there's NFTs now popping up on Bitcoin and, you know, there there's very, very little traction on these. I think that as we move through the next cycle, we see a Bitcoin ETF. There's going to be a lot of capital looking to place itself into, you know, Bitcoin native products. Uh, and, you know, what's really interesting about this is I went to buy one uh, yeah. last week and then the I... Week before, uh, I reckon uh, the week was. before. Yeah. And then on yeah. the weekend, I actually went to go back and... You actually, messaged me and, and he goes, those, those, tr- those frogs have doubled. Those <laughs> fucking doubled <laughs> in the time that I... Uh, Did you buy? No, nah, I didn't. Yes, <laughs> I went back buy. to buy because oh, I was thinking about it all weekend. I was in the twilight zone. I was like, what is yeah. happening right now? Oh, well. Anyway, we digress. So they are not. All right, Blake, what's up next? All right, rain.fi.finance mm-hmm. um, is the first customer peer-to-peer loans on for DeFi on Solana. So I assume this is kind of like uh, make a DAO or like a, an Aave that's being built on Solana. So peer-to-peer lending. So it'll be interesting to see if anyone uses this. Uh, I know the AP, the you know the the assets locked on Solana is relatively low to other platforms. So I think that, you know, this will this will be increasingly popular as more people participate on the network and I think is a is a required piece of infrastructure for that blockchain. Uh, and yeah, you know, good on them. Moving in the right direction it seems. Guys, to round this out, Argentina's new president, Javier Mele or Melai, he strongly supports Bitcoin and he's just won the election. And he considers it a safeguard against political manipulation and inflation. Now, I've actually been to Argentina, guys. The money's a shambles. It's all ripped. It's teared. Their inflation is bad. It's currently at 143%. So this guy is coming in. He's pretty radical. He is um, wants to eliminate the central bank um, and wants to bring Bitcoin into his plans. And his plans are also to reduce government ministries from 18 to 8 and he's aiming for extensive restructuring. Tracy's nodding her, is shaking her head right now. But this guy, he couldn't be the first country or the first major nation to make Bitcoin legal tender. So Wait, isn't, watch this isn't, space. isn't Bitcoin legal tender in a country yeah, yeah. already? Yeah, it is. Um, it is an Af- Yeah, an Af- but major. It's like nation. in Venezuela, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So is Venezuela not a major con- country? Gee, sorry. I don't I'm think it's a top, to I don't think it's a top 20. <laughs> I don't think it's a top 20 GDP, guessing, could be. Don't think it is. What in Argent- uh, is Argentina? I think it is Argentina GDP. Just fact check that, thanks. Twenty third, twenty third GDP is Argentina, so I was wrong. But Venezuela is Venezuela seventy seventy second. <laughs> right. Okay. So a much bigger economy. Um, you know, lots more capital potentially moving into Bitcoin if they adopt some. Um, you know, using using crypto as some sort of reserve in there. Um, financial system. And that, folks, is the show for today. Thanks for listening. If you're looking to DCA into this booming crypto market, then please look at the Bamboo app. Use the code CURIOUS for $10 of free Bitcoin to get you started. There's a link in the show notes below. Please follow us on social media via our Instagram page or join us in the Facebook group. Hit subscribe where you're listening to us right now. Give us that little review. That would be amazing. And please tell your mates about us. Uh, Thanks for your support. We appreciate it. We'll be back again next week with the news. Bye for now. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. 
You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.